following takes place between 8 a.m. and 9 a.m. everybody it is tuesday november the 5th yes that is right november the 5th we are almost through 2019 um but yes this is a tuesday edition of full press coverage radio live i am ian glendon and i am joined as always by my man mr rhode island himself he is the full press coverage patriots managing editor he is mike debate mike how are you today La, la, la. I'm doing well, buddy. Uh, it is actually Tuesday, and I'll get it right this time. <laughs> Unlike last week, where I had no idea what day it was, but this is a red letter date in the history of science. November 5th, 1955, 64 years ago today, Dr. Emmett L. Brown invented time travel, and the world has never been the same since. I, th- I thought you were going to say it was our friend Chris Blackie's birthday on 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 that day but i, I i'm mistaken and I, I i like to i like to poke fun of his at his age because there's very few people that i associate with that i can do that so uh you are one of them you are older than me so so thank you for being my 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 uh elder mike and uh same to chris but yes that is a fantastic <sighs> anniversary <laughs> there you go uh that is a fantastic anniversary um we're, we're actually going to celebrate a couple fantastic anniversaries uh that have nothing to do with sports this week and uh we'll, we'll get into that a little bit later but um uh, Tuesday, it's a, it's a fun day here on Full Press Coverage Radio Live. It's our second day uh, simulcasting on Sportscaster. Mike still has not got his computer set up, so shame on him. People are still going to have to doubt your existence for at least one more day. Well, you know what? It creates the mystery. It creates, it creates the allure of having to tune in and finding out, is this the day or is not the day? I'm keeping everybody in suspense, my friend. You know, there's a method to my madness. More well, madness than method, but, you know, that's, that's beside the point. Well, it's, uh, people are going to be shocked when they find out you use a voice box to change your voice. You're actually a high talker. Yes, I'm a very high talker. <laughs> high pitch Mike. <laughs> there you go. Hello. Wait, has someone used that name before? I don't know. I don't remember. But uh, I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't remember. It's, it's been a while since I've heard that, but I think <laughs> I've heard it somewhere along the yeah, line. Yeah, so, some some random radio show sometime. It's at some point in time. But um, look, it's Tuesday. We're gonna have a lot of fun today. We're gonna give our power rankings, which I, I think for the first time since we've started doing this show is actually gonna change a little bit at the top. So um, begrudgingly. I have to uh, make a change, so um, that that will happen. We're also going to talk about some uh, coaches that may or may not be back next season. That that should be fun. Um, that's that's always uh, exciting, I guess. You know, for people to to to, to guess to see who's going to be uh, canned first. I mean, not exciting for them. Let's you know, let, let, let's pretend like they aren't human beings for a moment, and and you know, they're losing their jobs. But look. That's the nature of the NFL. Um, it's just it's just how it is. I mean, it, it's a you, you get paid a lot of money to deal with certain things, and this is one of them. And uh, you know, I think there's several coaches that may not see the light of 2020 with their current team. So, um, before we get into Monday Night Football, something a little bit uh, 
I guess, uh, uh, closer to what we uh, we enjoy. And that's uh, J.D. Martinez decided to not opt out of his uh, contract with the Red Sox uh, yesterday, which was, I don't, I don't, I don't want to say it was a surprise, but I, I think a lot of people were anticipating he was going to opt out. Um, but he is uh, he, he will have an option to do that after the 2020 season. However, for, uh, for all intents and purposes, he is uh, with the Red Sox for on paper the next three years. So uh, I, I'm, I'm pretty excited about that because I think the uh, the Red Sox would have been foolish to let him go as well as, you know, the impending situation with Mookie Betts. But, you know, that's that's a story for another day. So uh, just your quick thoughts on that, because obviously we, we, we hold the Red Sox near and dear to our hearts. Well, you know, I think a lot of what this was was – a lot of Red Sox fans are thinking that this is comfort, uh, you know, comfort level with the team and whatnot. And I do believe that that factors into the decision. But by remaining with the Sox, JD can make sixty-two point five million over the next three years. He's due twenty-three point seven five million for twenty twenty. Um, he's due uh, a little over nineteen for both twenty twenty-one and twenty twenty-two. So he does have the option to opt out. I think by doing this, what it does is it kicks that in, and it allows him to make a max, uh, you know, money uh, deal this year. So I think money-wise, it, it was a smart move. I think logistic-wise, I think it was a very smart move mm-hmm. for him too. And he's comfortable within this lineup, and I do believe he'll be uh, a force in this lineup now what this means for Mookie Betts a lot of people are thinking this either means oh Mookie's definitely coming back because these two guys are really close or it means that the team is going to have to commit significant money to Martinez maybe more than they had anticipated and that may mean that Mookie needs to be shipped out if that's the case it is going to disappoint Red Sox Nation, but J.D. Martinez is a solid slugger. It's good to have him in the lineup. You'd rather have him than not have him, but I don't think you can read a lot into the tea leaves right now about what this is going to do for Mookie. Um, you know, as you know, as having ties to this area like we both do, there's nobody I want to see back in this lineup more than Mookie Betts. I just love him as a complete player, um, and to see him leave Boston would truly be something that would not make me happy, and uh, the rest of Red Sox Nation as well, but... I, I think it's dangerous to read into the tea leaves about whether or not this means he's going to be here or not be here. Mm-hmm. I think there's still some other shoes and still some other dominoes that need to fall before we find out exactly what's going to happen with Mookie Betts this year. Yeah, and, and again, it, it's far too early in the uh, offseason to uh, really have an idea what exactly is going to happen, especially with the new uh, management st- uh, you know, in place there in, in, in Boston. Obviously, no more uh, Dave Dombrowski. So. And, and who knows? Maybe that has something to do with it because he had a very specific way of how he handle things and uh you know we're, we're gonna see what happens moving forward but I, I i think it would be incredibly foolish to let a guy that you know when it, whether you believe in them or not but if you look at every or just about every advanced analytic out there for baseball um you know Mel, mike trout is number one number two you know most of those cases is mookie Betts. so you're, you're talking about you know a guy that you know no he's not mike trout i, I you know don't relax people um but he's the closest uh, consistency-wise over the last few years, uh, as you can get, especially, uh, you know, consider how great his defense is and some of the, you know, impactful moments he's had over the last few years. And uh, that's a guy you just can't let go. So hopefully this is the, a step in the right direction where the, where the team realizes, okay, we, you know, we, we got a, a cornerstone uh, pieces to a, a potentially fantastic lineup for the rest of the, uh, you know, their careers, or at least the majority of them. You, you, you got to get something like that done. And um, look, I'm excited. This is the first step. I, I love JD Martinez. I, you know, again, it's always good when you have a big slugger like that in a lineup, especially one that, that clearly doesn't 
let the uh, <laughs> the Boston media or the Boston atmosphere get to him, like we've seen in the past with with certain guys like Carl Crawford, who who came in with with big money uh, contracts and uh, failed miserably. So when you get a guy like J.D. Martinez, who clearly uh, thrives in this type of environment, you you got to hold on to him. And I think this is a good first step and a good indication that you know, look, it doesn't mean that he loves the city so much that he's going to stay here no matter what. Um, it, it does mean that he does like the city i mean he he wouldn't i mean yeah it's it's money and you'd be giving up a lot of money but he he'd make a fair amount on the open market maybe not his his oh quote, absolutely but, yeah i mean you, you gotta at least like the environment that you're in uh to, oh definitely to stay into it so um so, yeah. so hopefully that's some positive and 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 you know me we talked on your podcast yesterday locked on patriots you know i'm, I'm mr positivity i i like to be positive um I'm yes, a glass absolutely. Half, uh, half full type of person um Oh, there was <laughs> someone. Someone said something yesterday, and I, I, I can't even. Uh, I think it might have been Jameis Winston. Um, he's like he was talking about half half glass full, and he said it's always full because it's it's at least full of air. And I'm like, wait a minute, <laughs> I'm doing the math. I'm like, that doesn't really make sense. If you're full of air, <laughs> like okay, never never mind, never mind. I'm not I'm not going to dive too in too much into it. I am uh, a victim of that as well. I fumble over my words. I say stupid things and. Uh, I, I, I refuse to go back and listen because if I don't hear it, it didn't happen. Um, just like in football, if a penalty occurs and the refs don't see it, according to Chris Collinsworth, it didn't happen or it's legal. So Yeah, did but, it really? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but no, 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 that's it. That's it. I just, uh, you know, a, a quick little uh, loose affiliation with that. So uh, before we uh, uh, move on to our uh, football heavy topics, there was something else. And this is something that in, in a way does relate back to Boston, but in a in a rivalry sense. And uh, I got a kick out of Anthony Davis yesterday. And uh, I'm trying to get our, our man Snowman in the morning, Brian Snow, on for a little crossover later. We're not sure. Maybe we can get him today. If not, we can get him tomorrow. Because uh, I want to ask him about this. Because I, I know I know he's probably loving this right now as someone who uh, is not the biggest fan of the Lakers and LeBron James. But Anthony Davis goes and he does this uh, uh, you know uh, event with the Boys and Girls Club in his hometown of Chicago, and he gets asked the question about playing in Chicago, and he makes uh, he alludes to the fact that he yes he is a free agent he he has the ability to opt out of his contract next year so yes he's you know the the power to become a free agent is solely in his hands. Um, and he said uh, he called Chicago the mecca of basketball, and you know you never know. So, to me, I I let I mean I'm not going to read too too much into it and say like you know look this guy's angling to get out of Los Angeles after six games. Um, I just think especially nowadays, I feel like athletes have to be more self aware about what they're saying. Like I I don't you know I'm not going to sit here and blame him because I understand that every athlete isn't you know uh, the most uh, uh, prepared to go up and speak publicly, whether it's asking to, or answering tough questions or, you know, not everyone has that Patriot speak in them, you know, and it's something that we've become used to following the Patriots very closely. But uh, I get a kick out of this because I, you know what's going to happen, especially in a, in a, a media storm like it is in LA all the time, what, how this is going to be portrayed by guys like, especially guys like Skip Bayless, who, again, I, I get a little joy uh, listening to <laughs> him rant about LeBron James because uh, the very basic, uh, 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 I guess, base of his argument, I agree with, but then he goes off and like complete, you know, 
nut job land and, and takes it like 10 steps, st- 10 <laughs> steps further, and I can't go with it. But I know he's going to roll with this. I kind of want to get your thoughts. I know basketball isn't, uh, you know, if we were, if we were to rank the sports, um, I know given your uh, vertically challengedness, um, I'm sure basketball isn't quite your thing. Uh, but <laughs> I do want to get your thoughts on this because I know we both hate the Lakers, and I, I do kind of find a... I do kind of find this funny. See what I mean? I, I stumble my words all the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll pick up the uh, the, the slide. Oh, thank you. I assure you, I will definitely fumble as well. So you know what? That's the whole thing in a nutshell. We'll just we we fumble through, we pick it up, and we keep going, and we play until the whistle blows. But in any case, feels great, baby. Uh, feels great, baby. <laughs> feels but, great, baby. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I completely agree with you about athletes needing to be more self-aware. I mean, you have to know that things like this are going to get out, they're going to be utilized, and they're going to go viral. And they're going to go viral in minutes, and that's the advent of social media, knowing that people have the ability to take video, post it instantly, and then it just circulates. Look, there probably is an element of truth to the fact that Anthony Davis was playing to the crowd he was speaking to. Don't forget, it's his hometown, folks. He was born, he was bred there. This is where he is, you know, this is where his his familial ties are, and he still has an affinity to the city. If you looked at the video, and I did watch the video, and you see the way he spoke about calling Chicago the mecca of basketball, you can see that this is the team he grew up as a fan of. And there's always a part of you, I'm sure, you know, that there are parts of, you know, players that have grown up in certain cities that say, I would love mm-hmm. to wear that uniform. I grew up idolizing that uniform. But you become a part of a team that you are essentially contractually obligated to play for, first of all. But second of all, you become a part of a team and a part of a city and a part of something special when you really start enjoying playing. Look, it's six games into Anthony Davis's Lakers tenure. Um, He's had the reputation of being someone that might just essentially be a mercenary and someone that really will just go to wherever he needs to to be either happy or be able to win. And you can't expect... I hate to say it, but in professional sports today, you can't expect a lot of loyalty to the city or the team that you play for. Mm-hmm. And that's not a knock to, that's not a knock to any of these athletes. It's just not the way the business of professional sports is done nowadays. You've seen that before. You're not going to see it again. And a lot of what you've seen before, by the way, folks, it's not I'm not sitting here getting on a soapbox and I'm not going to start going, uh, you know, shank on you here and just, you know, oh, in the back in the day, there was integrity. There's no integrity today. Well, no, there was there's integrity today and there was integrity back in the day. The difference is free agency. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Free agency is a different business. There's a much faster, much different approach to the way athletes approach free agency. So they're looking at it more from a selfish standpoint. And you can't blame them for that because there's so many entities out there willing to make money on your brand so before laker fans start throwing in the towel on anthony davis and you know kicking him out the door before he's even had a chance to prove himself i would err on the side of caution i think consider the source consider where he was when he made those comments and that's it if you're a chicago bulls fan keep in mind he's under contract with the los angeles lakers if they have a tremendous amount of success this year and the lakers can offer anthony davis the money that he wants in free agency probably not going anywhere so think about that from that perspective um use a little caution 
option, use a little temperance on both sides, and eventually, I think, you know, virtue will lie in the middle and something will uh, will end up happening. But I don't put a whole lot of stuck into those comments. Either way, I don't think they were an indication as to what he's doing, but it is definitely good fodder for people all over the place to start speculating. And anything that disrupts the Lakers is always a you know pretty good thing anyway. So Exactly. And and for Bulls fans, you better hope that Bleacher Report does not put out a photoshopped picture of Anthony Davis in a Bulls uniform because you know you know that will be doomed. Uh, from the start. Oh, I'm so. sure it's already. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it's <laughs> well, already out there somewhere. <laughs> well, we, we, <laughs> maybe we not Bleacher Report, but I, I think it's well, out they're, there they're, somewhere that's, already. Well, that's wrote. that's that's their that's their thing. They they tend to ruin things. Um, like the uh, <laughs> like the 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 uh, what was it? The picture of uh, the Patriots receiving core from week two. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah. Now they have this this so so and so so and so so and so. I'm not going to say their names because I don't want to get off on a rant on that. But uh, and then like there's like one left and it's julian edelman surprise surprise <laughs> so yep. um but yeah I, look I, I i just to your point more so that i how how things have changed i mean obviously salary you know salary caps and 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 all that uh, uh the nature of that part of the business has certainly changed and uh the players have more power um uh, players are far more aware of 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 the effects of the game on their health and 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 it gives them the upper hand in, in negotiations you know couple that with the fact that you know leagues and 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 uh you know entities that that run these leagues are far more concerned with uh public image and all that um they're they're not going to push a player obviously there's a lot more uh stricter rules too uh, you know, with team doctors keeping players out because of a concussion, all that stuff. So, so players have far more leverage and and bargaining power, so they can do things like this and and get away with it. But it, it's um, but then that that also leads to a lot of players switching teams because there's always greener pastures, you know, <laughs> somewhere else. Uh, it, whether it's true or not, you know, you never know. But it 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 does seem like a more pla- especially if you're a really good player. You know, we're not we're not talking about. Uh, middle of the pack, middle of the you know <laughs> the rankings. Where we're talking about superstars and really good players, because obviously everyone gets treated a little bit different, and that's 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 life, Mike. That's life. That's true. It absolutely is. And you know what? Eventually, it's all going to come out in the wash, anyway, folks. So you know what? Keep a sharp eye, as you always do, and see what happens, and we'll see what uh, what happens in free agency. But right now, NBA season is very, very, very young. Uh, let the season progress, and let's see what uh, what these teams can do. Uh, all right, all right, Mike. I know you're getting a little impa- impatient over there. Uh, we're we're, <laughs> we're, we're going to get to Monday Night Football, and we're going to do it right now. So uh, obviously, end of week nine, New York Giants hosting. The Dallas Cowboys, the the quote unquote America's team. Uh, you know, we we've talked a little bit about the Cowboys on this show, and and you know they're a team that I I think warrants a, a bit of skepticism because of the schedule. And again, I I've sat here and defended the Patriots' schedule uh, every single time it gets brought up. And and again, I'll reiterate that is because uh, we know what the Patriots are. We've known what they've done the last few years. We're not talking about 20 years ago. We're not talking about 10 years ago. We're talking about the immediate future. So, you know, the the Patriots get a little bit more slack. Uh, the, the Cowboys have followed the script. They've they've beaten really good or really bad teams. They've lost to good teams. And the Giants were one of those bad teams that they won, and they they handed handled them. So, I think rightfully there is some hesitation when you're when you're trying to talk about the Cowboys among some of the better teams in the league uh, particularly when you start talking about Dak Prescott uh, Prescott as among some of the better in the league um, but I, I look I'm starting to 
buy a little bit more into what they're doing. I, I like their personnel. I do like Dak Prescott a lot. I mean, people keep telling me that he's not a good quarterback, but you know, I, I look at the stats, I look at what I see on film and, and I see, a, I see a pretty good quarterback. I mean, I, you know, we haven't seen him in a, in a situation in the playoffs uh, yet where he's, he's taken over and really uh, won a game for the Cowboys. I mean, the opportunities just really haven't been there for him, but I just look at a guy who just gets the job done, and uh, I, I I really don't understand this this hatred outside of the fact that you know he's he's just a cowboy. So uh, were you impressed at all with the with the Cowboys win last night, or is it just kind of more the same with them? Just okay, they beat a bad team. Let's let's see him take a next step. No, I was impressed by the Cowboys last night. And look, I thought they were going to basically squeak by in this game. I thought mm-hmm. the Giants were going to be able to, you know, really hit them hard. And, and originally it looked like that was a possibility. Dak throws an interception and all of a sudden you're looking at and saying, oh, here we go. Here are the same old Cowboys. But Prescott was able to shake that off and was able to put together, I think, a very good game. And I agree with you. I think he gets a lot of criticism that isn't necessarily warranted. And, you know, it's hard to argue with the Cowboys' success right now. They're 5-3. and Yes, they did sputter a little bit. I think they've done a pretty good job of trying to right the ship the last couple of weeks. And I I like what I see out of Dallas. And right now, I do think that they are positioning themselves to be the team in the NFC East. Um A lot of people say the Philadelphia Eagles are starting to make the climb as well. So I think it's going to be a good two-team race here uh, between the two of them. Obviously, the Giants at 2-7 and are not going anywhere in this division. Uh, The Redskins, we all know what their fate is. That was sealed basically the moment that uh, they took the field in Week 1, unfortunately, for uh, this team. Um, But... I think this is shaping up to be a pretty good two-team race, and uh, I, I do like the way they've uh, they've gone uh, about doing things. Ezekiel Elliott last night—that's a big, big factor in the Cowboys' offense being able to run. He ran for 139 yards last night. You got to give him a lot mm-hmm. of credit. Um, you know, I think that uh, on defense, I think they've looked good. Demarcus Lawrence had one of the Cowboys. The Cowboys sacked uh, you know the Giants' quarterbacks five times last night. So this is something to keep in mind. They're starting to put together good solid efforts on both sides of the ball and they're doing it at a time where a team needs to gel this is the time of year where you're starting to see teams come together and we're starting to see who's real and who's not and who's going to push forward and i think the cowboys made a good statement last night it's not a decisive win where you look at it and you say okay now they're up in my top five power rankings which you know we'll allude to a little <laughs> bit later like oh i tease that my friend that is good. Um, good. you know we will will have some power rankings later in this show folks so the dallas cowboys are not quite there for me yet but they're gaining momentum and it's hard to ignore what they're doing right now I'm, you know, to be honest, I'm just kind of glad you've gotten to the point where you're teasing now that's actually safe for work because it, w- it was getting a little out of control before. And I, I don't want to allude to anything too inappropriate. Because well, you know, you know, it's, well, it's a family friendly <laughs> show. You know, I, I got to gotta keep things on even keel. My friend, well, let's know, just say about- let's just say we've had to go through a lot of training behind the scenes to make sure that uh, what Mike does on camera is is, is very appropriate for uh, most of our viewers here. So uh Good job, Mike. <laughs> good job, good job, Mike. You're you're uh, you're certainly. Um, we should play a game. It's like, is that Mike live or is it a recording? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I can't tell. I almost thought I clicked that by accident, but I didn't. Uh, yeah, yeah. See, there you go. Uh, <laughs> or or right. it's it's like right. the Godfather or Doctor Mephisto, one of the two. That's, that's it. That's, that's a it. Good Godfather. That, that or really Doctor Mephisto. There we go. Yep. Um, absolutely. 
but yeah, look, I'm, I mean, I, I was impressed with the Cowboys. Um, again, I, I, I'm not going to sit there and, and, and bet the house on them. I mean, I still think there's a lot of, you know, a lot of teams that are better than them right now. Although I, I, I just, <clears throat> like I said, I just don't feel like the, the, uh, the criticism or the lack of praise that, that Dak Prescott gets is uh, warranted. I, I think he deserves a little bit more. And, and, and look, I mean, he's not, you know, we might talk a little bit about, I mean, I think the MVP race is kind of starting to really be clear at this point in the season. Um, so I don't think he has a chance of getting into that. But, I mean, he's not far off from some of these guys that other people are talking about, like the Aaron Rodgers and all that stuff. And, and yes, that was just a, a deliberate attempt to kind of take a shot at Aaron Rodgers, and, and now I will take every opportunity that I can to do that. But, um, yeah, I just, I, like I said, I think they go very underappreciated. I think they have a very solid triumvirate of, you know, you got the, the running back, the quarterback, and the wide receiver, and you have some really right. nice other complementary parts around it. You have a good defense. Um, you know, the offensive line is pretty good. It's not the offensive line of three or four years ago where they were, you know, this incredible unit. I mean, obviously, some of them gotten older. It's just how things go. So, look, I, I, I thought this was a big win for them. I mean, you put up 30. 37 points on the road uh, against a division rival in a uh, in a, a Monday night football game. I you know I don't care who the opponent is. That's that's a big win. So good for the Cowboys, and I I, I think that's something that uh, again they'll they'll go a little bit underrated. And, and again, part of that is because I think the NFC is so deep. And you know if you were to ask me today where I would rank them in the NFC, uh, I should have probably had an answer for this question that I just answered. Asked myself, but. Um, <laughs> Maybe, why don't you tell me what I was trying to think? Um, no. Um, <laughs> why don't you just I, I, tell me yeah. the name of the movie? I, I would say maybe, what, the fourth best team in the NFC? I mean, right off the top of my head, I mean, Saints, uh, Seahawks, uh, uh, yeah, I, I don't know, Saints, Seahawks, maybe the Packers. I mean, I, I don't. You know, I'm not a, I'm not a really that soul on the Packers. Uh, you know, especially now after this past week, uh, for sure. But um, yeah. So I mean, you're you're talking about third, fourth best team in the conference, and you know that's not really going to change anytime soon, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I think that that's probably solidified where they are at this moment. You never know what could happen in the rest of the season. I don't see anybody knocking off the 49ers and the Saints from that top two tier. I, I just think those two teams are head and shoulders above the rest. Seahawks could make a play for maybe oh, yeah. one of those top two. I think they have a very, very good team. I think they're they're right now uh, probably the biggest challenge to either the 49ers or the Saints if either team starts to sputter or hits a little bit of a, of a snag here and there. But those three teams, to me, have separated themselves so much from the rest of the pack. But I believe the Packers are right there with the Cowboys and, and kind of, you know, niching at the heels of, of some of these mm -hmm. teams now that you're going to see. So it'll be interesting. Uh, I, I love the way the NFC is set up, and I'm looking forward to some really good matchups down the uh, down the line here because I think it's going to make for some very, very interesting football. Yeah, and, and uh, I, I apologize. I completely forgot about the 49ers. <laughs> I blanked on the 49ers because clearly those are the three top teams. I think I said the Seahawks, the Saints, and then I just uh, I kind of, uh, yeah, just went blank there. And that, that happened. Forgetting about my Paisan Jimmy G over there, you know? No, Doesn't no, feel I, good, baby. Yeah, what, <laughs> Doesn't feel good. No, <laughs> no, but 8 no does. Feels great, baby. Yeah, I, I, I'm it. very much going to get uh, get a use out of that. And um, <laughs> on, on a side note, too, and, and this is something that, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get a little serious here. And, and speaking of of quotes um, being taken and portrayed as as something that they're not, um, whoever, whoever 
decided to go in and and declare that that Tom Brady oh god said, yeah said a, said a racial slur and then clearly people just ran with it is absolutely absurd on, on so many levels and and I'm so glad and I don't know if you saw it but Ed Reed said no he did yes. not say that and, yes and no he didn't say it it's yeah. amazing to me how many people took that and ran with it and you know because I mean, they I, wanted it yep. so badly to be true it's again my friend it's drinking it's, the sand any negativity anything any type of blemish on that uniform whether it be tom brady personally because he has his detractors independent of those mm-hmm. that hate the patriots with a purple passion they'll go after him with everything they've got to make sure that they can tear that guy down despite the fact that really he does everything the right way and that's what really pisses people off more than anything is that he does do everything the right way and they don't want to hate him but they still do because he's so damn good well getting back to the patriots too it's it's the same thing mm -hmm. it's that derangement syndrome that just drives people to idiocy well and 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 and, and look i mean there's a lot of it we deal with it on on a weekly basis sometimes a daily basis but this whole situation kind of even goes beyond that because now all of a sudden you're you're portraying someone to be something that's vile, which is a, a, a racist, right? Um, which again is is incredibly, incredibly. Uh, I just I don't I don't have the words for it. I mean, it, it's just it's it's certainly something you have to have. I don't care if you're an egg profile on Twitter uh, or or a, a verified reporter. You have to have some more. Uh, better judgment in that sense, and, and clearly it's not what he said. I mean, there there was there was literally a transcript on the screen uh, for people to read, and they still ignored it. And then you have dopes like you know Sports Talk Barry who go on there and, and pretend to be Ian Rappaport and 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 put out this fake quote from Brady saying, "Oh, I have quote unquote I have a lot of black friends," and 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 that just goes off because you know dopes on Twitter and and social media aren't going to pay attention and they're going to be like. I can't believe he said that, blah, blah, blah. And then guess what? Six months from now, you're going to be like, oh, yeah, well, you know, Tom Brady with his uh, uh, Make America Great uh, Again hat and his racist uh, comments. And yeah. it's like, it's, you know how these things yeah. go. And and look, exactly. I'm not, I'm not so worried direction. about the public outcry as much as I am about the irresponsibility um, of just throwing out a racial slur like that and accusing someone of using that when you know full well what could happen in today's day and age you know and, and how yeah. things catch fire without much proof so um absolutely and to besmirch yeah. someone's character in that way mm-hmm. is really it's it's and yeah and you mentioned you know sports talk barry i mean come on you want to talk about you, you want to talk about vile human beings yeah. look at look back at some of the tweets this guy's put out this this is really this this is a this is a disgusting human being, folks. If you're listening to a word he says, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, really, it's it's just, it's it's sickening and, and it's disgusting. The amount of followers and the amount of stock people put into what this guy has to say, it, it really it baffles me at every single turn. We have our here with some of the media members and Ian and I have mentioned some of these guys mm-hmm. they're reputable human beings I mean you know you mentioned we've, we've mentioned you know guys and I'm not going to go into names but people on names, the Fox Sports names. you know morning shows and we are not going to name <laughs> names it's not hop sings no we will not do that but you know these guys are reputable they're, they're good human beings mm-hmm. you know for the most part and I mean they're playing a role they're trying to get a rise out of something but you know these guys for the most part are honorable in terms of what they need to do and i say for the most part because that's not a blanket statement yeah but 
with when your primary job or your primary function in life is to be an internet Twitter troll, you're probably doing something wrong in life. So, yeah, you know, I, I would agree. That's, yeah. So, you know, be very, very prudent where you get your information from. Blue check mark is usually a good source. It's not always a good source, but it's usually a good place to start. But please put stock into what people are saying. We cautioned you last week about, you know, the, the trade deadline and yep. don't fall for fake accounts and whatnot. That is especially true for something that has social implications, something that has societal implications. Yeah, it's it's just, and I'm so glad that you brought up that point because that is something in our society that I think is so lacking, you know, right now in terms of being able to really see the forest from the trees in terms of what people's intentions are and how things can be taken so easily out of context so quickly. No, well said. I and I'll end it at that because I I, I cannot top what you just said. So <laughs> I would I would only be bringing the quality of the show down if I kept speaking on the topic. So we are going to naturally move on and shift back to a more happy topic and uh, something that we uh, well actually I don't know because again we're we're gonna change it up here and um, you know what you know what no actually you know what this is what I'm gonna do I'm gonna I'm gonna hold off. I'm going to hold off on our power rankings. That's called that's called a little tease. We're we're teasing that. There right. we so go. If you yeah. want to know what we think or who we think are the five best teams in the league, you're just going to have to wait just one minute. But um, before we move on, I do want to say thanks again for everyone out there. This is our second day broadcasting live on Sportscaster, as well as being on Full Press Radio, which we are every morning, and of course on replays at two o'clock. Um, check it out. Listen, we have a lot of great shows. You can see if you're watching on Sportscaster, our lineup for the day to my right. We have Snowman in the Morning coming up at 9. Uh, a scout Team Radio replays at 11. And then, of course, we got College Credit Hour with our guy Memphis, Best, Memphis Spence coming up uh, between 12 and 2. And that's uh, our friends over at Sports Radio America. We're, we're picking up their broadcast throughout the week, too. So, which, so it's pretty good. So if you like sports talk and uh, sports entertainment, definitely check it out. Um, you know, it, we're, we're going to try try to broadcast as many of these shows on Sportscaster as well. So, um, you know, of course, you can see our face and interact with us on the uh, chat line. So if you're there, send a question. We're going to try to answer it. I'm getting a lot better at checking them. So if, you, if you're in the chat room, you have a question, comment, anything, go ahead, throw it out there. We're going to try to get to it, and um, we'll, we'll give you a nice little shout-out. So um, we, we've talked a lot about coaches and, and – um, some of the, the certain ones that, that may be on the chopping block. So we're going we're gonna to have a little, a little fun exercise here. And uh, I'm going to ask Mike. I'm going to ask this question. I'm going to say – actually, no. I'm not going to ask a question. I'm going to say a name. And I want you to give me a percentage that he will be back next year. So so that means he could be fired this year. He could keep his job for next year or, or he could be gone in the offseason. There's there's all these options. So so Mike, he is he is our uh resident statistician because I I just named him that uh just just now. Um you know, you're putting well, our, me in our, charge our, of numbers. Yes. You're yes. a brave human well, being. <laughs> well, I I know I know you you struggle with days as in like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Uh Saturday. That's right. Saturday comes after Friday. Um but I, I'm assuming you're pretty good with that. It does? Yes, yes. <laughs> yes, Mike, it does. Um, you might want to... Wow, what a concept. More. Yes, yeah, I know, right? It's it's nice. Um, but why Never too old to learn something new. <laughs> but why male models? <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyways, what was I talking about? Coaches, 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 coaches. Okay, all right. Um, I'm going to say a name, and I want you to give me a percentage that he will be back next season. So, for example, we're going to start... 
with Mike Frable, which I, I, I know I'm not, I might be getting a little ahead of myself, but Mike Frable, is he going to be back next year? Honestly, and this is going to sound like a cop-out answer right out of the bat. I think it's 50-50. I oh, really and truly do. I believe that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I know it does. It sounds like that, but I, I truly believe it is 50-50. Look, I think the Titans right now are a team that is in a little bit of disarray when it comes to their quarterback position. I, I don't know if Ryan Tannehill is going to be the answer. Marcus Mariota right now is not looking like someone they're ready to continue investing in. Uh, there's a lot of talent on that defense, but they just haven't seemed to be able to bring it all together. The Titans are erratic. They look like a pretty decent, pretty solid team at times. And then there are times where they look like they're really, really struggling and just not buying into the system. So I think it's going to determine a lot how they play in the second half of the season. If they continue to play strong, even if they're not racking up wins, but they're having competitive games where they're in these games right to the end, then I like the Tennessee Titans chance of retaining Mike Vrabel and keeping him on staff. But if they sputtered down, the stretch and these players start to check out might be time for a change in nashville yeah and and, and i look i'm, I'm not going to say 50 50 i think there's it, there's a better chance that he does return but the reason i put him on this list was because you know despite how they started last year and I, I think he had a lot of uh a lot of supporters last year uh it has been the exact opposite this year and now you have a question of who is your quarterback going forward and that's not a good question to have especially for a coach that's in his third going into his third year generally that's a question you hope to have maybe in your first year or you know way down the line when you when you've already had a bunch of success so i'll I'll put it a little bit closer to 70 30 uh 70 percent that he will return just because i i do think he uh, he warrants at least to start next year even if things go horribly wrong the rest of this year so um, next coach and, and wow, <clears throat> uh, excuse me, <clears throat> voice cracked a little bit there. <clears throat> I swear I'm i uh, I'm an adult. I'm not going through. People that's okay. Right that's, now. that's going to happen. That's going to happen to you, son. Oh. You know, you're just, you're going to have to, you're going to have to, you're going to start seeing some hair and some odd places, but you know, it's, it's, it's all that trust me. It's all good. Th- thanks dad. Um, Next coach, and, and this is this is uh, this is a little bit closer to your heart. Um, will Will Anthony Lynn return next year to coach the uh, Los Angeles Chargers of London? Uh, I'm sorry, the Los Angeles Chargers. <laughs> Chargers of London. <laughs> oh man. Um, now see, there. Here's where I say seventy thirty, and mm-hmm. I believe it's seventy in favor of him returning. Look, I think it's it sounds stupid folks i know probably gonna catch some flack for this but that win over the cowboys may have saved anthony lynn's season it may have saved his job going into next year now he may yeah exactly against the packers don't forget Um, when the packers lose we have to mention it as often as possible Yes, the Packers lost. Aaron <laughs> Rodgers fell to Philip Rivers. We will we will definitely mention that. Contractually, I am obligated to say that. But at this level, to me, that's one of the first complete games that I've seen the Chargers play this season. And I think Anthony Lynn has the buy-in of his players. His players really do enjoy playing for him. For some reason, I don't know, it just hasn't clicked in Los Angeles yet with this team, but they put a solid effort out there and this has been traditionally a second half team uh, a lot like the Patriots in some ways not exactly like them I'm not because comparing the Chargers are to the Patriots absolutely horrendous <laughs> yeah exactly the so 
So, you know, that is. I mean, the Chargers' first halves are absolutely abysmal. The Patriots can sputter at times in the first half, and then they just turn it up to warp seven in the second, um, you know, the second half of the season. But the Chargers are typical late bloomers. So this will be interesting. I want to see how they respond in the next couple of weeks. Can they continue this momentum? If they falter, all of a sudden those percentages go down uh, for him returning, and they go up for him leaving. But right now I put it at about 70-30. I think with some degree of confidence, I can say that Anthony Lynn should be back next year. Yeah, and I, and I, I have to, you know, I tend to agree with you on that. And uh, look, you, know, you go back to the week before, I mean, it, they're a missed field goal away from having won two in a row. So, um, you know, I, I, I think, again, once again, the Chargers got bitten by the injury bug early. And look, it... You know, there, there's no real way to quantify it, but the fact that they're kind of like just a, a, a nomad team where, I mean, yes, they technically are in Los Angeles, but do they really have a fan base in Los Angeles? It doesn't seem so. And, uh, you know, I called them the, uh, like I said, the, the Los Angeles Angel, Angels, Los Angeles Chargers of uh, London. And there was a report that came out late last night, early this morning, that there is some that think moving the team to London would be an option, um, which right. I mean, look, I, I've never understood how uh, having a team full-time in London would work um, that and it, I don't know how it would work without putting them at a significant disadvantage versus the rest of the league. So I, I, I mean, I understand why, because you know, the game is, is becoming more popular over in London. Um, and the Chargers really, like I said, they're a nomad team. They don't have a, they don't have a home, <laughs> you know, they, it says Los Angeles on their, on their address, on their, on their mail, but it, it doesn't really mean that, you know, that's their home. So, um, I don't know. I think this has been a colossal mess, uh, from, from the league and ownership standpoint. I think they, uh, we're really rushing to get two teams in Los Angeles without really thinking too, uh, too much ahead and, and really pragmatically. I mean, it just doesn't make sense to me. And, and, and moving a team like the Chargers to London makes even less less sense when, you know, they should have just built a new stadium in San Diego. So, uh, like I said, I mean, there, there's a lot of issues, and we're not going to get into it because we are talking about coaches here. But I, I did feel like I needed to bring that up because it, it's just, to me, it's 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 foolish. Yeah, I agree. I, I absolutely agree. I don't know what I, I've never been a big proponent of moving a team to London. I understand having the games there; they're a big hit. Uh, there are some, you know, there is some fun to playing in Wembley, and you know, you see players and teams come back all the time and they talk about great experiences playing over there but when you're sustaining a 16 game season and you're playing eight games a year across the pond with a very lengthy flight um, a lot of international time differences I mean there's there's a lot of logistics that need to go into that thought process I'm not saying that minds that are better than mine when it comes to figure this these things out have not already analyzed this and it's not feasible. I just don't really see how it's practical. And I think, yeah, I just, I'm, I'm not a fan of that. And, and selfishly, I don't want to see the chargers as the team go over there anyway. So, you know, we'll see what happens, but no, you know, I, it'll, uh, it, it will, uh, it, 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 it'll all work out in the wash one way or another. 
And uh, I wish I, I I could take credit for this, but I did see on Twitter someone say that that would be one hell of a drive for Philip Rivers. And uh, we we all know we all know we all know the story of how he still commutes from San Diego to Los Angeles. That and, is and pretty good. Yeah, that would be a hell of a commute. I yeah, don't know so. if he'd be able to do that. I think you may see Philip Rivers uh, <laughs> toss the bolt aside if if they do yep. go over the pond. I, I can't see him doing that commute. No, he, need, he needs a duck boat that can withstand the uh, heavy uh, waves and and weather in the in the Pacific. He needs Ocean. the Dolores. Yeah. He needs yeah. Doc Brown's DeLorean, the flux capacitor there right there. Flux capacitor fluxing. He needs Mr. Fusion. It's all good. See, see how everything comes for full circle on this uh, on this show. Um, it truly does. <laughs> so speaking of full circle, uh, the next coach we're going to talk about, and I, I've kind of switched it up to uh, switched it up to better uh, uh, fit that line into our uh, daily routine, and that's Freddie Kitchens. And I'll start by saying no, I, I give him a big fat zero percent chance of returning next year, and um, I'd be curious to think if you uh, agree. Zero point, point zero. Oh my god! You know, I I once again screwed this up because that would that would have been a perfect opportunity. And as soon as I said it, I knew it. I knew it. I could have had that soundbite ready to go. And you know what? I, I you allowed me to have my moment in my in, in the sun in that one. Is, I appreciate okay. that. See, I I do. I greatly Mr. appreciate that. Kitchens. Mr. Glutarski, 0.0. Oh, man. Uh, no, definitely, yeah, I, I do not see any chance they re- they retain him. That has been a disaster. Um, and in a lot of ways, I do feel for Freddie in that case because I think he was put in an impossible situation oh, yeah. and he was put in a position that he could never, ever succeed in. And that's unfortunate for him because he's a pretty good football mind. He's not, you know, he's, he's, this is not adult, folks. This is not a guy they just mm-hmm. dragged in off the street he has a distinguished resume he got the job for a reason because of that but he had no experience being able to build this team from scratch maybe if they started off with a team that had very low expectation uh, a team that he could build mold in his image young players uh, lack of devoid of maybe you know big time superstars he might have had a chance to be able to make something into, uh, you know, a, a contender in Cleveland in a few years. But he inherited a team that had a lot of expectations, chock full of superstars, not a lot of leadership, not a lot of accountability, and it just hasn't worked. And look, it's not all, you know, it's not all not his fault, folks. He's the head coach. He has to mm-hmm. establish his team. He has to make them play and make them buy in. So there's a lot of blame pie that could be served on Freddie Kitchen's plate, but it's just been a disaster, and I can't see this going any further. And the further and further Cleveland falls, uh, the, the worse the situation becomes for him. Now you're starting to look at whether or not he might – you know, get a job next year elsewhere as a coordinator or whatever. I mean, there's there's so many different ways that this could go. But, uh, yeah, Cleveland needs a new voice, and, and they need it. I, it wouldn't shock me to see this happen before the end of the season, guys. Yeah, I was just going to say, too, I mean, I just because I, I give him a 0% chance of returning next year means I give him – I mean, maybe maybe a sixty percent chance of of finishing the season out, you know, and and just because I mean, I think teams are a little bit hesitant to pull the trigger after. I mean, in, in this case, would be less than one year, so I, I think that's going to save him from getting fired this year. But it, it wouldn't shock me at if you know they lose the next two games in, in convincing fashion and fall to two and eight. I. I I feel like the best move for that franchise is to is to uh, cut your losses as quickly as possible because you're you're really starting to threaten losing uh, threat you're starting to uh, risk losing that team altogether and and that would be just 
absolutely devastating for that franchise because they would be right back to square one, which we know for the Browns is um, anywhere between two and four wins a season, which is is, is not good. So uh, moving on, uh, Chicago Bears, Matt Nagy. Is he returning next year or no? Uh, I would say 40-60 right now. 40 that he returns, 60 that he doesn't. Um, the Bears right now are they're losing close games. They're losing, uh, you know, con- and they're they're losing convincing games. Uh, that's not a good sign for a team that had a ton of expectation mm-hmm. put on them this year. And I believe it was warranted. Uh, you know, I think that the Bears looked solid on both sides of the football. We're seeing now that Mitch Trubisky may not be the answer that they were expecting at quarterback. Um, these things are always telltale signs when you start to see teams struggle and you start to see teams maybe even check out a little bit. Um, the bears could string together some wins here and save Matt Nagy's job. And he may be back in Chicago without any question. But as of right now, I think it's more likely that he does not return. This is his second year now with the team. Uh, you know, a lot of expectations last year coming in, but you know, football is a weird type environment. There's not a lot of patience when it comes to contending, and especially in a city like Chicago, where the page, well, excuse me, where the other uh, <laughs> always on the brain. I swear to God, the team is always on the brain. I'm always, I'm always one step ahead when it comes to that. <laughs> I try to be, but especially in it's in a city like Chicago, where the Bears are such an ingrained part of that. Um, that city, that town, and just everything that they do. It's a part of, of Chicago's culture, much like the Bulls. And you see it up here. That was essentially what I was leading into. You see it up here in Boston all the time where the Red Sox, Bruins, Patriots, Celtics, it's such a part of the ingrained culture up here in big cities and big markets. So does does Nagy necessarily deserve all the, the, uh, the, the blame for that? I don't think so, but it's usually the coach that's going to take the fall. And if he doesn't write the ship and they don't start to string together some wins, that seat's going to get really hot in Chicago pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Well, see, and here's the thing. I actually, uh, I kind of am a bit opposite of you. I, I think there's about a 70% chance he returns. And, and I think that is because I think they feel like Mitch Trubisky might be the bigger problem. And I feel like that might warrant giving Matt Nagy one more chance, one more year, if they can figure out a different quarterback situation. Because I think a lot of us feel that this is this team is is really a, a really good quarterback away from uh, being a a a pretty legitimate contender. And look, I would, you know, maybe this is absolutely nuts, and and I'll I'll hear about it, but they might be better off building a offense next year that suits Eli Manning. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I, think, yeah. I know, I know it's like, oh my I God, have heard Eli that. Manning, like, um, you know, who, you know, who, this, that, and the other It's like, look, Eli is incredibly limited in terms of some of the things that he does. And he's clearly not what he was when he was playing really well during certain regular seasons. However, if you cater the offense around him, that defense is good enough that I think you can, you can be far more successful with him under center than Mitch Trubisky. And yeah. You know, as much as I hate the Giants, I've never hated Eli Manning. And I feel like, I do feel like he deserves a, a chance, you know, to, to play, you know, some good football before he hangs him up. Because, you know, I feel like he's been in just an, an awful situation in New York um, from their personnel decisions, from, you know, Ben McAdoo. Uh, benching him to to stop his uh, start streak it, it's 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 kind of ridiculous and uh, so look I I'm not saying that it, 
they would be uh, top of the NFC, but I just feel like they'd be almost in a better situation if they took a flyer and 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 used a short window to try and win a Super Bowl or at least compete for a Super Bowl with Eli Manning and a really good defense. I mean, again, you would have to change how you do things on offense. I mean, you can't throw him in the same exact uh, situation that Mitch Trubisky is in because um, he, that's just not the style of offense that he plays. But if, if you're Matt Nagy and you think you can design an offense to cater to him, then you do it. Um, it it's not that hard because the offense isn't going to be that complicated. It's more of a, you know, efficient offense and, and try to limit the turnovers. And, uh, you know, I feel like Eli Manning can accomplish a little bit more than what Mitch Trubisky can, especially with the defense that they have. So um, I give a little bit more uh, – a stock to that. So we, we've actually been running pretty, pretty long on this. So we're, we're going to, we're going to speed this up for these last two. I got first, uh, first one, Miami, Adam or Miami, New York, Adam Gase. Is he, uh, is he, a, will he stay or will he go now? <laughs> uh, well, I mean, you know, it's, it's tough to say that, you know, you're going to cut ties with a coach after year one, unless it is a disaster like Freddie Kitchens. I mean, this is nearing that level in New York. Um, I, I don't necessarily know if the, ownership is going to side with Gase in this situation and start shipping some of these guys out of here that don't necessarily even want to play for him or that are uncomfortable around him. So guys like Le'Veon Bell, Jamal Adams obviously now feels uh, unwanted in uh, in New York, which is amazing to me when you have a talent like that and you're able to a- to alienate him, but whatever, that's well, Jets he, are going to jet. He didn't even want to go to New York before he signed with New York. He even said it yeah. himself. So, yep, I, mean, exactly. I, think all, so. I, I think the second we saw he signed in New York, I think the, the first reaction was like, oh, this one end well. And yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, so in that vein, I don't necessarily know what they're planning on doing with ownership down in New York. That is, is difficult to figure out as anybody. Uh, in my opinion, I think they need a fresh start and I don't think Adam Gaze is the answer. Um, I, I'm not saying that he doesn't deserve to be a head coach in this league, but I just think the jets is a very, very poor fit for him. Um, so I guess right now I probably say, I'd probably say 75, 25, 25 that he returns, 75 that he's gone. But, uh, you know, I, I still think there's an outside chance that they retain him and maybe just ship some of these guys out. It depends what's going to happen this offseason. But that's it's never a dull moment in New York and never a dull moment with the Jets. And uh, they'll always continue to make headlines for the wrong reasons. Well, uh, thanks for the short answer, Mike. Uh, I agree. <laughs> and we're going to move on. <laughs> we're <laughs> last one before we get to our power rankings to close out the show because we're down to our last five minutes here and i'm, I'm just messing with you mike I, Ooh, okay. I, I love when you answer i love when you answer uh dan quick dan quinn is, is he staying or is he going uh i i actually think dan quinn is going to stay I, I believe that um atlanta's had some issues this year i, I still like him sticking around i say uh 60 40 that he's going to be back oh perfect i agree actually i i, I think because the the team you know by all accounts likes him as, as a coach and i don't think arthur blank is someone who's going to overreact to something like this so um i i do agree he's going to be back probably i i'd put it at almost 80 20 but we'll see that means he's probably going to be fired after next week and his keyboard work <laughs> so uh we're down to the last five minutes which is perfect because we're, we're going to give you our top five uh, uh team so we're going to start i'm going to say my fifth team uh and we're going to work down from that way and uh, my uh, so i'll go uh i'll say my fifth team mike will say his fifth and so on and so forth so I don't know why I did that because I actually do have a, a soundbite for that. Um, so that, that was a complete waste of uh, opportunity, but I am going to do it anyway. So without further ado, 
Team number five. Okay, that went like a second longer than I expected. Uh, (laughs) The Baltimore (laughs) Ravens. Yes, the Baltimore Ravens who just upset the New England Patriots. Coming in at number five in my power rankings. Mike, who do you got? Uh, At number five, I have the Seattle Seahawks coming in at my number five team. So, uh, yeah, um, impressive victory this weekend. Got back on track, and uh, I think they're, uh, they're still at number five for me right now. Perfect. So, Guess what? My number four team, Seattle Seahawks. So we're, we're pretty close in that sense. Um, I Everything you just said, I agree with. I think they're really starting to hit their stride. And uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, if their defense can start to tighten up a little bit because we know what their offense can do. And, uh, you know, adding Josh Gordon will, will be an interesting little tidbit. So who's your number four team, Mike? Number four, the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, they really proved something to me in this Sunday night game. Very, very formidable on offense. That's a very tough offense to read. Defensively, they're getting a lot of guys back. This is going to be a big, big uh, few stretch for them. So uh, I have them at my number four right now. Uh, they're moving up. Second best team in the AFC as far as I'm concerned. Yep. And uh, number three, uh, the New England Patriots. Yes, they they were our number one team for the entirety of the season, and rightfully so. They're defending Super Bowl champions. Um, you know, obviously, it's it, we're, we're not sitting here. We talked about it yesterday. We're not jumping overboard over this loss. I think this is just you know part of the script for the Patriots. It, 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 these things happen. I'm not too concerned, and I'm not sitting here saying that the Baltimore Ravens are a better team. That's that's foolish. They lost to the Browns, and they've had some stinkers in their season. Um, the Patriots have far, have had far less stinkers, and they are still. Uh, leading the league with a plus 171 point differential. So they are my number three team. Mike, do you agree? I actually do. I had the number. I have the New England Patriots as the number three team right now, and it hurt because I had them penciled mm-hmm. in at number two. I knew they were not going to be at number one, but the Saints and the 49ers just were so yep. impressive in their wins this week. I had to give them the uh, the nod objectively, but uh, the Patriots are still far from being buried, folks. Ian and I went over that yesterday, so uh, there's still a lot of talent, still a lot of season left to be played. Absolutely, and uh, for that number two team, of course, they did not play this, this past week, but uh, again, by virtue of the of the Patriots losing, I had to drop them down, and it didn't seem right to uh, uh, drop them or keep them ahead of the Saints, who have played really well. So my number two team, New Orleans Saints, with Drew Brees, and uh, seven and one, they'll be back in action this weekend. Yes, New Orleans is also my number two team. I uh, would like to see some production out of wide receivers not named Michael Thomas yes. there in New Orleans. However, uh, you cannot argue with the offensive defensive success very complete team right now and they're clicking on all cylinders at the right time absolutely and without further ado our number one team the san francisco 49ers mike already pretty much said it and there's really no doubt that who should be the top team it's the only undefeated team a team that um uh, has a great defense, uh, uh, seems to have an offense that's starting to click. So they are our number one team after week nine. Mike, do you agree? Absolutely. Okay, I do good. agree. If there's any question about the 49ers, it's that run defense. You want to see a little bit more productivity there, but they are a deserving number one offense defense. Feels good, baby. <laughs> Feels great, baby. That's right. That's right. So uh, that was that was a fantastic speed run through our power rankings, considering our coaching uh, <laughs> segment took far longer than i anticipated but that's 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 what we do here it's live radio it's live video yeah. you know we kind of you get me going on the jets and adam gaze what can i say <laughs> yeah, it's, you, it's know, you know maybe 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 clean your ears out when i say give me a short answer real quick <laughs> ah yeah, yeah i'm, yeah, I'm yeah. joking i'm joking I'm, I'm getting a little cranky I, I need some more coffee so uh 
guys, we're down to our last 30 seconds. Um, we got Snowman in the morning coming up on Full Press Radio. So if you're watching on Sportscaster, uh, hop over to fullpresscoverage.com. Uh, head over to full Pre- at Full Press Radio on Twitter and check out um, check out the uh, the link for the stream there and listen to uh, Mr. Brian Snow uh, break down everything going on in the world of sports. And for us, we will be back tomorrow bright and early at 8 a.m. Until then, follow me on Twitter. It's at IGLEN31. He is at MDebate. M-D-A-B-A-T-E-F-P-C, and of course, follow the show at FPC Radio Live. And with that said, as always, folks, you have a great day, and we will see you tomorrow. So long, losers!